to another episode of Hive Mind, a pop culture podcast. I'm your host, Erin Geary. I'm pretty sure everybody who's listening is familiar with the song I played us in with today. That was Katy Perry's California Girls off of her 2010 record, Teenage Dream. California Girls is summer. It has kind of like a twinkling quality to it. Um, it's a glitzy song. And the lyrics barely have to do with anything besides being pretty, being on the beach, having a good time, soaking up the sun. That's what made it so popular that summer. California Girls was inescapable. It made everyone want to put on their Daisy Dukes bikinis on top. It was anthemic even in its shallowness. This song was obviously engineered to have success on both pop radio and on YouTube in, in its music video. Every single line is this like little vignette or this little image of this beautiful like summertime scene. I was at CVS the other day and this song was playing and I was like, oh my God, that was the song of the summer. It was undeniable. I think if you asked anybody that year, like, you know, what's the big song right now? What's the song that you'll always remember this summer by? California Girls would probably rise to the, the top of their list. And that made me pause for a second and be like, well, what's the song of the summer in 2020? Do we have one? Do we need one? This is obviously like the weirdest summer in my lifetime. <laughs> and I was thinking about it and I feel like pop music right now really reflects that. So I guess my goal today on this podcast is to think about a couple of questions. First of all, what is a song of the summer? What are its features? What are some examples of like quintessential song of the summers? Then I wanna think about is there a role for a song of the summer within a global pandemic? What is the function of pop music at this time? And, and going even further, do we have pop music anymore? What What is pop music today? And last but not least, I want to think about the trends in the music that's popular right now um, and think about maybe what they say about us as a people and, and what's going on and how we're feeling and what we need to sustain us during the summer of 2020. So every year, Billboard actually names a song of the summer. It awards that title to a particular artist. Billboard does this by consolidating the data that they collect on their Hot 100 chart um, from like late spring up until September. So the songs that are higher on the Hot 100 chart for the longest amount of time um, have a chance at winning that title. So when they name a song of the summer, it has a lot to do with popularity and longevity. They're not necessarily naming a song of the summer based on its lyrical or sonic qualities. But for some reason, a lot of the song of the summers end up sounding kind of similar, or I think most people would group them together. In the early 2000s, we have stuff like Nelly's Hot in Here, or Usher's Yeah, Crazy in Love, Holla Back Girl, Hips Don't Lie, Ponde Replay, Pharrell's Happy, Black Eyed Peas, I Got a Feeling, LMFAO's Party Rock Anthem. This is really a wild list. Like we have Carly Rae Jepsen, Call Me Maybe, uh, Cheerleader. We have Megan Trainers, All About That Bass, Blurred Lines by Robin Thicke, Fancy by Iggy Azalea and Charlie XCX, and obviously last summer's mega hit, Old Town Road. All the songs I just listed are dancey, like you could dance to them. A lot of them are like pop rap. They have bright and happy sounds. They're kind of positive. Um, they're songs that never really go away and I don't know how many people would name these songs like their favorite song like I don't think anyone's like oh my god LMFAO's party rock anthem it just means a lot to me but at the time everybody was playing party rock anthem and it was just like everywhere you went gang money yeah, I'm running through these halls like Drano. I got that devilish blue rock and roll, no halo. We party right. Yeah, that's the cool that I'm rapping on a rise to the top. No letting our Zeppelin. Hey, party rock is in the house tonight. Woo! Everybody just have a good time. 
to get stuck in your head, to be super catchy. They have watered down lyrics that are easy for anybody to remember, from little kids to elderly people. Sometimes the lyrics are kind of stupid, like they're, they don't make sense or they're overly simplistic. Sometimes they're really low brow. Um, I keep looking back to LMFAO um, and Party Rack Anthem, and, and even going further, their other song, Sexy and I Know It, I think was also popular that same summer. These songs are so low brow. The songs tend to be repetitive. So like thinking of Pharrell's happy I think that song has like five lyrics in it, just repeated and repeated. like call and response type things going on. So if we think about Gwen Stefani's Holla Back Girl, that, that song has the, you know, this shit is bananas, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. like Can't Stop the Feeling by Justin Timberlake, which was like on the Trolls soundtrack or something. Like this was a song that was made for children, um, but somehow became this massive hit that was unavoidable. Like you couldn't go two steps without hearing Can't Stop the Feeling. songs like Cake by the Ocean by Joe Jonas's like side project DNCE that have total sexual innuendos but are kind of kid friendly on their surface. Waste time with the masterpiece, waste time with the masterpiece. Uh, you should be rolling me, you should be rolling me. Ah, uh, you're a real life fantasy, you're a real life fantasy. Uh, but you're moving so carefully, let's start living dangerously. these summers, these songs became really popular really fast. It would be like one day, no one would know what you were talking about if you mentioned one of these songs. And a week later, these songs would be so woven into the fabric of our country, of our world, um, that they would kind of be hard to separate from the summer itself. And just as fast as they rose to popularity, they would fall out of it. These songs became universally hated, like two months after they were popular. It's almost cringy to like these songs. And that could be for a lot of reasons, right? It could be because they just got so played out. It could be because after that 
summertime days clears up, we want more serious music, more meaningful music. These songs kind of tend to get relegated to like adult easy listening radio at some point. So something like all about that bass you will hear in a grocery store or a bank or you know what I mean, a, a hotel lobby or something. It becomes background music. No trouble. I'm all about that bass, by that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, by that bass, no trouble. I'm all about that bass, by that bass, 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 bass. Yeah, it's pretty clear. I ain't no size too, but I can shake it, shake it like I'm supposed to do. Cause I got that boom boom that all the boys chase. All the right junk in all the right places. I see the mag. Funny enough, a lot of these songs were released well before summer. These songs tend to be out, um, maybe starting in the winter or early spring. And there just becomes this moment where we as a culture unanimously decide that this will be a big summer hit. Especially before like 2018, big industries like radio and record labels were making a lot of these decisions kind of behind the scenes for us. They were making us feel like we had chosen Pharrell's Happy as the summer song. Um, but, you know, that was that was their doing. You'll notice that many of these songs are super radio friendly, meaning that they don't have curse words in them and they aren't inappropriate in any way. Radio for so long had such a hold on what was popular. I mean, obviously, for as long as any of us can remember, people had vinyl and mixtapes and CDs and MP3 players and all of that. But streaming changed the game. People don't listen to radio at all anymore, even in the car. Like most people plug in something through their aux or use Bluetooth. We're pretty much a streaming society at this point, And that really diversifies what we listen to. Because everybody's streaming and people aren't relying on the radio to dictate their tastes, um, that could be one reason why this year feels a little bit different when it comes to songs of the summer. But I don't know, there had been weird song of the summers in the past as well. Like ones that don't fit the mold that I've been detailing here. We have Hey There Delilah by the Plain White Tees. Hey there Delilah, what's it like in New York City? I'm a thousand miles away, but girl, tonight you look so pretty, yes you do. Times Square can shine as bright as you, I swear it's true. Hey there Delilah, don't you worry about the distance, I'm right there. If you get lonely, give this song another listen, close your eyes. Listen to my voice, it's my disguise I'm by your side Oh, it's what you do to me While many of the summer hits are fast-paced and danceable, um, Hey There Delilah is a slow romantic ballad, but it does have this wistful yearning that is kind of summery in its nature. And as much as these songs are about partying, a lot of them are also about love. I mean, weirdly, you can kind of compare Hey There Delilah with like Drake's In My Feelings from two years ago. Both songs are essentially just a guy making his plea to a girl he likes, trying to get her attention, trying to get her on board with him. Both guys show a sense of desperation, of wanting. These are very hot emotions. Like not hot, like sexy, like hot, like um, passionate. Kiki, do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me Cause I want you and I need you And I'm down for you always KB Do you love me? Are you riding? Say you never ever leave from beside me Cause I 
also have songs like Florida Georgia Line's Cruise. This song feels really, really summery to me. This country song did really well on the overall Hot 100 charts, which is rare. Like, we don't really see country songs in the top 10 super often. But even though Cruise wasn't um, a pop rap song or a dance song, it really exemplified that summertime feeling. She had them long tan legs, couldn't help myself, so I walked up and said, Baby, you a song, you make me want to roll my windows down and cruise down a Driving in the car with your windows down. It paints this picture that would resonate with so many people. It's a unifying song in that way. Cruise doesn't rub in your face a summer you can't have. It it shows you this really accessible summer. And I feel like that too is kind of a quality of a lot of these songs. Um, even going back to Katy Perry, California Girls, like she's not talking about this lavish um, celebrity life she's living in LA. She's talking about like being at the beach and wearing short shorts. Carly Rae Jepsen, Call Me Maybe. This is just like about wanting a guy to call you back. There's nothing glossy or elitist about these songs. They kind of romanticize a really simple summertime fantasy, making them songs that all listeners can feel like an active participant in. One of the weirdest, most out of the box song of the summers of my lifetime has got to be Somebody That I Used to Know by Gautier and Kimbra. It doesn't match up with any of the criteria of other summertime hits. I have no idea why this resonated so much in 2013, but this song was unavoidable. Literally, what was this? <laughs> no. I guess it does have this grandiose chorus. Um, I do remember everybody kind of shouting along to that chorus. And I do kind of feel like that's a feature of summer hits, like something that a whole crowd can kind of yell together. I guess this was also the start of like the festival era becoming mainstream. It was becoming more of a thing to like attend Coachella or to even know what Coachella is. Um, and then obviously all of the other summertime festivals that were popping up because of Coachella's popularity um, were also influencing what music was popular. I do believe that Gautier was somebody who was popular in the festival circuit. So I wonder if um, maybe there's a correlation there. I also think that summer was a, a summer where people were trying to be like hipster like that was a, a aesthetic or a you know a vibe that people were aspiring to there are also some later song of the summers that are um indie adjacent like feel it still by portugal the man or get lucky by daft punk there was also that song shut up and dance you know i don't know if i would necessarily call these songs indie but they were definitely by artists that weren't big pop stars um, they weren't names. Like, I couldn't even tell you who sang Shut Up and Dance. Does anybody remember? Uh, if you remember, like, literally let me know. Oh, don't you dare look back. Just keep your eyes on me. I said you're holding back. She said, shut up and dance with me. This woman is my destiny. She said, 
an article on NPR called What Makes a Summer Song, and they said, quote, summer is felt more or less universally and lends itself to widely shared cultural experiences. Summer music is about appealing to the primal or even the insipid or stupid. And I really love this idea of summer being a feeling. In the past, summer has been a time of release. It's been a time of freedom. It's been a time of play, a time to kind of let go. What they say here about summer music appealing to the primal is definitely accurate. And then looking at this list of past summer hits, I feel like that matches up. Even somebody that I used to know, which is probably the weirdest one on this list, does kind of appeal to that primal sense of heartbreak. It's not like summers are always 100% happy. It usually is the season where your feelings are the biggest or where your feelings are the least caged in. Gautier is somebody that I used to know is a song about losing somebody that used to mean the world to you, uh, you know, and, and now they're a total stranger. And I think that's something that everybody can relate to in one way or another. And so it does make the song universal. Summer songs are about the things that connect us as people. They're about togetherness. So much of our summer experiences in the past have happened in crowds, um, in large public places like beaches or amusement parks or music festivals. So the songs that often became popular were ones that really rallied together all people. And isn't that the function of pop music in general? Pop music can kind of be defined in two ways. Obviously, when somebody says, you know, I like pop music, they could be meaning popular music. So like the music that is listened to by a lot of people. In the past, this was maybe what was on the radio, right? So, you know, when, when someone says, I like pop music, they're talking about liking top 40. Now, obviously, it's a little bit harder to gauge what's popular. But when we say pop music, we could also be referring to the genre itself. So these are songs that follow a really specific structure a lot of the time. It's usually verse, chorus, verse, chorus, bridge, chorus, chorus. They're usually sung by pop stars. So they're sung by recognizable names and faces, people that have a kind of brand behind them. So thinking of California Girls, Katy Perry was an image at the time. She was the pink hair and the um, candy-themed outfits and bras and stuff. <laughs> a lot of people say pop is shallow. Um, it doesn't deal with the hard issues. And I feel like pop is really sleek. It is engineered by teams of people. Even if a certain song doesn't become a radio hit, the people behind that song are wanting it to be. Pop is about unity. A lot of them are these rallying cries for everybody to feel happy and connected and party and feel good about themselves. Pop is the culture, not the counterculture. Now, obviously, we're in a cultural moment right now where counterculture is becoming uh, more valid or, or is being taken more seriously. We are looking at our current culture and we're noticing flaws in it. We're noticing the ways it can't hold up. And so a lot of people have been predicting that pop music will kind of go away. In the past few years, we've been seeing our popular music become a lot more diverse, not just in genre, but also just in like the racial diversity of its performers. Some people say rap is pop now because of its prevalence, because it is the uh, chosen genre of most of our youth in the country. I agree with this and disagree with this. Yes, I think that rap is the most popular genre right now. I don't think rap is pop music. Pop music has its own qualities and the qualities of rap are different. But yeah, rap is what's on the charts, right? Um, we also have Latin music on the charts. We have K-pop on the charts. Like there's so much going on. And we have TikTok. 
TikTok is changing the way music gets distributed. It's changing the way music becomes popular. TikTok does what the radio once did. Record labels and producers and industry people are realizing the power of TikTok to make a hit, and they're kind of reverse engineering their songs now. They're they're starting with one little moment that would make a funny TikTok meme or dance, and they're building a song around it. If we think about the popular songs of our current moment, almost every one can be tied back to some kind of TikTok trend. Arguably the biggest song of the summer so far has been DaBaby and Roddy Rich's Rockstar, but also stuff like The Weeknd's Blinding Lights, um, Savage Remix by Meg and Beyonce. We also have songs like Say So by Doja Cat, which kind of popped off in like the early winter on TikTok, where now in order to give it that song of the summer boost, Doja makes a remix with Nicki Minaj and the remix goes viral on TikTok. The difference between radio and TikTok though is that TikTok shuffles through its popular songs way faster than radio ever did. Week to week on TikTok, the trends are completely different. I mean, Old Town Road was pretty much the song that made music industry people put their eyes on TikTok. TikTok is essentially what made it blow up. was popular on TikTok for like one month in, I don't know, February. Um, the song played on radio from March to September nonstop was literally number one on radio, number one in the country. So this makes really clear and really evident the difference between what's popular with people and what's being pushed by music industry people on the radio. Listeners and fans don't need the radio to tell them what they should like anymore. So this kind of makes me wonder, did people really love these old Song of the Summers as much as I remember them loving them? Does that make sense? Like like something like Party Rock Anthem, we all kind of collectively agree it's like a bad song now. <laughs> Sorry, LMFAO. It's very much a relic of its time. It is representative of that like Jersey Shore era where everybody wore Ed Hardy and Shutter Shades. But I don't know, did the radio convince us that we liked that song? Did the radio convince us that that was the moment? If Party Rock Anthem came out in the TikTok era, would it have been like a viral dance where people are shuffling um, for like a week? Or would it have been a, an entire summer fiasco? <laughs> I mean, we have songs like Super Lonely by Benny, Benet. I don't even know how to say her name because she's not a pop star, right? But Super Lonely was like this giant song in the spring. Or we have Stunnin' by Curtis Waters. I'm a pretty boy, I'm stunning. Super speed sonic, I'm running. Super, super, super speed sonic, I'm running. Call me Big Papa, I'm sunning. I spot the dick when she wanted. I'm a bad boy, make lovin'. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a bad boy, make lovin'. There are definitely many neighborhoods of TikTok. The algorithm kind of figures out where it thinks you would be the most happy and it shows you those videos, you know, on your For You page. But I think there are sounds and songs that become so massive that they kind of cross over into all the different neighborhoods, all the different sides of TikTok. And what do we make of those? These are audio clips that we hear every day that are so um, recognizable to people. 
Um, but no one's calling Super Lonely or Stunning like Song of the Summer. We don't even really connect these songs to a star. Is TikTok our new unifying experience? Because people aren't gathered in giant crowds at beaches and amusement parks and music festivals, is TikTok the new way we are together with music? I really like the song Rockstar, which like I said, is the song that Billboard currently has as our biggest song of the summer. Um, I think Roddy Rich is really good on it. I really liked the box when it came out and I feel like Rockstar has a similar um, pop feel to it. Keep a glockin' when I ride in the suburban. Cause the code ain't had a young nigga swerving. I got the mop, watch me watch him like detergent. And I'm ballin', that's why it's diamonds on my jersey. Slide on outside and flip the block back, yeah, yeah. My junior popped them and left them lopsided, yeah, yeah. We spin his block, got the rebound in his ramen. Yeah, for me one time, you can't cross me again. 1200 horsepower, I get lost in the wind. If he talking on it, y'all depend, dogs will take his chin. Maybach SUV for my refugees. Five blocks in the hood, put money in the streets. I was solo when the ops caught me at the gas station. Had it on me 30,000, thought it was my last day. But they ain't even want no smoke. If I had to choose it, murder was she wrong. Oh, 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 oh. Let's go. Brand new Lamborghini, fuck a cop car. With a pistol on my hip, like I'm a cop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Have you ever met a real nigga rock star? This ain't no guitar, bitch, this a clock. My God told me to promise you gon' squeeze me. But, like, even though Rockstar is melodic, it is not simplistic at all. There are tons of lyrics in it, and it's not for kids. Like, this is a song that at moments is aggressive, is violent, is inappropriate, is political. I mean, DaBaby and Roddy Rich released a Black Lives Matter remix of Rockstar. Rockstar is not even on the same planet as Justin Timberlake's Can't Stop the Feeling from the Trolls soundtrack, you know? But summer in 2020 isn't about pleasure and play as much as it once was. Our country is fraught in a lot of ways. We're in a massive health crisis. We're reckoning with some really deep-rooted issues and ills of our society. Rockstar definitely fits the tone of our summer. It's a total hit, and I, I knew it was going to be. The second I saw the DaBaby album come out, where he, on the album cover he's wearing a mask, I was like, oh, this is going to be something that defines our time right now. And then I saw a song with Roddy Rich, and I was like, oh, it's going to be that one. <laughs> because Roddy Rich had such success with The Box earlier in the year that I, I, I knew that the two of them would be kind of the perfect story. Storm. But Rockstar in its original form isn't radio friendly. Something like The Weeknd's Blinding Lights maybe is a little more. I'm running out of time Cause I can see the sun light up the sky So I hit the road and overdrive Blinding Lights is repetitive and catchy. It is dark. It's sinister. Even Savage Remix, which is probably the third possible contender, is kind of sultry and grimy. It's not necessarily, um, it's not bubblegum. Hips tick tock when I dance. dance. On that demon time, she might start her OnlyFans. Only Big B and 
that beat stand for bands If you wanna see some real ass, baby, here's your chance I say left cheek, right cheek, drop it low and swing Texas up in this thing, put you up on this game I be parking my frame, gang, 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 gang If you don't jump to put jeans on, baby, you don't feel my pain Please don't give me hype, write my name in ice Can't argue with these lazy bitches, I just raise my price I'm a boss, I'm a leader, I pull up in my two-seater And my mama was a savage, nigga got this shit from Tina I'm a savage, yeah Classy, bougie, ratchet. Sassy, moody, nasty. There's not even a video to it. Megan did a performance at the BET Awards that's being kind of used as like a makeshift video. But it's interesting. Like we live in a world right now where the number three song of the summer doesn't even have a major music video attached to it. Katy Perry would have never stood for that, right? Katy Perry was making a, a video for every song on her fucking album. And they all were summery, right? She had the Daisy Dukes and Bikini on top and all of them. <laughs> when we think about the aesthetic of an album like Katy Perry's Teenage Dream, which was so central to that summer um, and compare it to, to songs like Rockstar, Blinding Lights, Savage. There's such a gap, there's such a divide. Even if we think about it in terms of colors, right? Teenage Dream was pink and blue and white. It was pastels, it was candy. When we think about Rockstar, Blinding Lights and Savage, we think about being in our bedrooms doing TikTok dances. I think in the future when people look back on the coronavirus pandemic, we're all going to think of the music that soundtracked it for us but will that music be similar from person to person? Will we all go, oh yeah, COVID-19, I remember that time. You know, everybody listened to Rockstar, everybody listened to Blinding Lights. Like, no, I don't think it's gonna be like that. I feel like we're gonna be remembering our personal listening habits. The stuff that's being played on our Spotify just because we like it. It may be new music, it may be old music, it may be pop, it may be country, rap, indie, rock, whatever. But since these song of the summers aren't being tied to physical tangible memories, I don't know if they will last as much. I think if I were to call 100 people into a room and I asked everybody to write down a memory that they have that corresponds with the song I Got a Feeling by the Black Eyed Peas, probably 90 out of the 100 would give me a memory from that year where that song dominated. Because everybody was so on the same page, everybody was listening to that at the same time, and after that summer ended, that song was out. No one was listening to I Got a Feeling five years later. <laughs> so I wonder, is it lockdown and quarantine and all of this change that's going on in our country, what's making the song of the summer race feel different this year? Or is it the streaming habits of Gen Z? Is it the rise of TikTok? Is there a correlation? TikTok was hugely popular last summer, but I feel like now it's becoming ubiquitous. It is the main medium through which we get music, culture, and video. And I'm speaking as someone in their 20s. Like, imagine how much this doubles for a teen. And teens 100% drive what's popular, right? I mean, if we look at the top 10 songs in our country, they're not the top 10 songs that 50 year old moms like they're the songs that teens like one popular song that kind of pokes a hole in my thesis here is the wonderful watermelon sugar by harry styles
you could argue has a lot of similarities to Katy Perry's California Girls. It's a song that uses summertime imagery. It's a song that is colorful and light. It's about touch and sex and being with people. This song, like the rest of Harry's album, Fine Line, is traditional. It plays with a structure that's familiar to a lot of people, so it very much could appeal to people of lots of different ages. Its popularity didn't originate on TikTok, though it, it definitely has made its way there. It has a chorus that is the same three words repeated over and over, so everybody can sing it together. I think that when people start congregating again, Harry will have giant concerts where this song is a centerpiece. I think that Harry could headline at festivals with this song as a centerpiece. He's playing the old version of the game here, while we have guys like DaBaby and Roddy Rich doing something new. Um, and it'll be interesting to see what kind of shakes out on top or what uh, what remains, right? Will it be difficult to connect memories of this summer with a song like Watermelon Sugar? There have been a few other artists who have tried to do something along more traditional lines. I'm a huge Ariana fan, and she has put out two songs that have reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 um, during the coronavirus pandemic, both of which are duets. She has this one-off charity song with Justin Bieber called Stuck With You. Um, and then she has Rain On Me with Lady Gaga, which is off of Gaga's album Chromatica, which I really got to recommend Chromatica. Just this is totally an aside, but Chromatica is a wonderful return to form for Gaga. It reminds me of the fame monster. It reminds me of Born This Way, you know, that era. So if you liked old Gaga from like 2010, I, I do recommend Chromatica. Anyway, back to Ariana. These two songs are super poppy. Um, they're not necessarily summery. Um, when I hear them, I don't imagine myself on the beach, but they're not engineered for TikTok. In fact, I always see kids on TikTok making fun of the song Rain On Me, um, saying it sounds like something that would play in Kohl's when you're waiting for your mom to shop, which I think is really funny. with you being on the radio for a really long time. It's not offensive. It, they tried to make it kind of tied to our current moment by making this music video where people are like stuck at home. But the, the actual lyrics of the song have nothing to do with coronavirus. Like this is a song that can be around for years and years. It's a song that'll probably be somebody's wedding song 10 years from now. Like it's not anything um, that's going anywhere. Stop. 
So while we have songs like Rockstar, Blinding Lights, and Savage Remix battling it out in the new Song of the Summer race, and we have Harry Styles' Watermelon Sugar trying to um, play by the old rules, we have an artist like Ariana who's kind of ignoring the race in, in general this year. She's not even playing. The MTV Video Music Awards happen in late, late August every year, and I kind of think of them as the end cap of the Song of the Summer season. This is my favorite award show because a lot of fun things happen. The fashion is really big, the performances are over the top, somebody does something out of pocket. We haven't had in-person award shows in months now, um, but the VMAs are set to happen in New York. This August, Governor Cuomo said so. There won't be an audience there, there won't be people in the crowd, but artists will give performances live on that stage. And I'm really interested to see who the lineup will be, because usually, you know, at the end of the, the song of the summer season, all of the people that were kind of contenders in that race will give the best performance they can of the song that was blowing up at the time. I would hope we get to see a performance of Rockstar and a performance of Savage Remix and Watermelon Sugar. You know, I, I would love to see kind of all of it. Um, but I wonder who they will get, because just like how radio is sinking to non-relevance, so are award shows. We still need stuff that bonds us together as people. Music helps us feel like we're part of something. When we don't have concerts and festivals and places to gather with people who also like the same music as us, that adds to our disconnect. As scattered as the Song of the Summers are this year, I do think they are something that is raising the morale of our country because we need songs to mark our memories, to mark time. I couldn't tell you what year it was that Holla Back Girl was popular. I don't know, 2004, 2007, I have no idea. I don't remember. But I can totally remember being at my summer camp and making up a dance to it with the girls in my group. You know what I mean? Like, I remember what I was wearing that day. I remember who I was with. I remember what we ate for lunch, but I don't remember what year it was. Songs are the way we map time to map experiences and growth and, and pleasure. I'm a real nerd about the billboard charts. Like I really like to look at them and, and think about why certain things rise and fall, but they do feel kind of meaningless right now. Like every single week, the top 10 is totally different. There's so much turnover. Songs rarely stick at number one. Back in the day, a song would be number one for like weeks and weeks. Now it's like every week there's a new song at number one and the following week it drops to like number 60. But in a world where things aren't consistent, why are we expecting our music to be? I hope you are all finding songs that comfort you at this time or make you happy or help you find that summer feeling. Even though we all seem so collectively detached from it right now, there are definitely songs out there that can help you kind of recommune with the part of you that really loved Katy Perry's California Girls. I'm gonna take us out today on a song that I think would be an awesome summer hit, maybe next year when we return to normalcy, and that is Malibu by Kim Petras. She played this on like Jimmy Fallon or Jimmy Kimmel recently and I was so happy it was picking up some steam because this song is so fun, it's infectious, it's shimmery and sparkly and bubblegummy and I love it. Thank you so much for listening today and enjoy the rest of your summer. See you soon.